Yo, Carter, my man. What's cooking, dude? Haven't spoken to you in a while. How's school been? I know, I know. It's been a minute. Uh, school's good. Getting into a routine with everything, slowly but surely. Um, trying to keep my involvement in the team high. I've been going to most of the home games. It's been nice. It's been nice, yeah. I mean, so were you at the game yesterday when we played Creighton? Yeah, yeah, I was. Actually, I got a funny story about that. Um, you know, after the game, is obviously a huge win for us. Um, I, I got a citation from a cop. Wait, wait, what? You got a citation from a cop? Like, GUPD yeah. or Metro PD? No, it, it was Metro. Yo, what the... What's, what? What'd you do? Um, I was kind of streaking outside Capital One after the game. You pulled a Will Ferrell from old school. Went out butt-ass naked... You're running around outside Capital One Arena? Yeah. Man, you must have been real proud. But, like, bro, it was just a win. Like, we're not even on a winning streak. Dude, two out of the last three is a winning streak in my book. Typical Georgetown guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a great look, but... Not a great look, hey. but a very Hoyle look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a school proud. Absolutely. I did our team yesterday. Yeah, but before that, welcome back, everyone, to the Welcome to DC podcast. Your host, Dan Baldwin, here, my partner in crime, thankfully fully clothed right now, at least I hope, can't actually see him, so he may be streaking in his own house right now, Carter Owen. <laughs> No comment. Cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, speculation. I would not. I, I would. I wouldn't recommend picturing it. But again, we're gonna focus on Georgetown right now. And uh, <laughs> listen, you said two out of three. And listen, we the last time we had spoken, uh, we were looking at St. John's Carter, and we each thought that we were gonna walk away with a win there. We weren't sure. Thankfully, it was a destruction for the most for most of the game. We lost by 14 to Nova, and then we had a huge three-point win over Creighton last night. And what's your overall thoughts on the team right now? Um, it's a good question. I think exactly what I've expected, honestly. Uh, I've been surprisingly right so far about our predictions, not to toot my own horn, but I wasn't totally ready to say that we were a bad team after our first two losses. I think, circumstantially, the odds were stacked against us, and... It was definitely nice to see us and go out crushing St. John's because um, I would be really worried if they were giving us trouble. The Nova loss, I thought we played really solid for 25 minutes, but slowly unraveled as we started to beat ourselves and Sadiq Bey 
turned into Paul George. And then I think the Creighton game was, was, I mean, definitely the best we've played in Big East thus far. But I think also a game that does not seem entirely like something that we can't expect against other teams. Yeah, there's a little bit to take from each game. Um, I think it'd be best if we probably started just going chronological order. Start with St. John's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the narrative. Get it flung. Get the, get the blood juices flowing. Go beast by beast. <laughs> Build up to the huge win. Um, and listen, I, shit was pretty despondent heading into this game among the fan base. We were worried. We Nobody really pushed the panic button quite yet, but a loss to St. Yeah. John's, all hell would have broken loose. But thankfully, Georgetown came out swinging 53 points in the first half. Went to half on top of St. John's, 53 to 26. We were up by 29 points. Uh, that was the mo- that was the biggest lead we had in that game, and it was primarily because we were just flame throwing from three. St. John's was turning the ball over left and right, but I, I think it was more so that. St. John's ended up walking into just a total crap storm, similar to us going into Providence, week uh, our opening game in the Big East. It was just one of those games where everything was going our way, particularly in the first half. And St. John's just dug themselves too big of a hole for them to climb out because they actually, and I think this is a big credit to Mike Anderson, the head coach of St. John's, they swung back in the second half and they closed the gap to as low as 13 points at one point. And... We all saw them kind of dig their way out of a 20-point hole against Butler when they were at home, and I was kind of scared they were going to do the same to us, but luckily we, we we were able to keep them at arm's length, and we got our first win that night in a pretty big way. Yeah, absolutely. I think something we've seen in a lot of our wins this year is that this team is a far better closer than any Hoya team in the past few years, which is nice because I was someone who was at that game definitely starting to sweat a little bit as they closed the lead. It was early second half, too. They probably got it down to 13 with 11 minutes left, so there was plenty of time for us to fuck that one up. But I think you're right. It was a very commanding performance overall. Mac paced us in scoring, as you can expect. Um, Terrell had five steals. Jamarco had four blocks and an 18 and 11 double-double. Definitely his best game thus far in Big East play. Omer only took five shots, but still you know, had a nice 10 and 11 double-double. And all of our starters scored in double figures, which I think is awesome. Uh, and, and happened, too, against Creighton, mind you. It did. Um, I actually don't think all of our starters scored in double digits against Creighton. I think uh, Jamarco had nine. And Javon oh, was the okay. one who... Uh, we had five players in double doubles. Javon had 12, though. But you're right. I think... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I thought Omer being, you know, obviously... It isn't what we want to see from Omer, only having 10 and 11. Only 10 and 11. Because we know he's capable of much, much more. And Jamarco, obviously, his best statistical performance in Big East play. But listen, Carter, I think... I, I tweeted this out last night, too. I think Georgetown is at its best when they keep the offense simple. And what I mean by that is simply you know, playing with pace, pushing the ball moving the ball in the half court and leaning on their star strengths. What that is, is, you know, Matt creating off the dribble, moving the ball, Jagan Mosley setting up his teammates, Jamarco Pickett finding his spots in the mid-range, kicking it out in the baseline for three, Terrell Allen penetrating off the dribble, finding Omer in the high post for a little, um, 
for his turnaround shot because apparently he's incapable of finishing up close and personal with the rim. <laughs> so, and I think, listen, if I'm being entirely honest with you, I think the key to our offense is Jagan Mosley. You know what? I don't think you're wrong. I, 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 I am fairly wrong. certain I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> when you look at our performance in Biggie's play thus far, and I wanted to break this on you. I didn't mean to spring it to you this early, but I think it's something that I wanted to, I wanted your take on it. When you look at Jagan's performances throughout Biggie's play, our only two wins, we beat St. John's. He put up 12 points on four of eight shooting, three of six from downtown, seven boards, seven assists. And our win last night over Creighton, 13 points on four of six shooting, four rebounds, four assists, a steal. The aggression on offense has been ramped up to another level. Jagan at times has a tendency to kind of disappear on offense. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's not, you know what I would say, getting the ball, passing the ball, moving without a purpose. It's just that he's not making as big of an impact as he is always capable of. And that's largely where his efficiency comes from. He's so good at picking his spots. But... I think this team, when its offense is clicking at its best in the second half of Creighton, in the first half of St. John's, Jagan is active. He is making plays off the dribble. He is pushing the pace, looking for his shot. And I know he's not necessarily most comfortable within that role, especially since he's asked so much of defensively. I think that's when our team is at the peak of its powers offensively, when Jagan is so proactive on offense. You know what, the, the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. Jagan's someone who, in his four years, has never been asked to do much on offense, mostly because we've had a lot of weapons. And even as early as the beginning of this year, he wasn't. But I think he's slowly getting used to the fact that more shots are on the table and he's expected to create more. And is slowly, I think, warming up to that role. Um, I, I, isn't he... He's got to be up near the top of the Big East in three-point percentage, right? He was leading. Um, he was leading Big East play a while ago. Um, I'll I'll find that out right now. Um, yeah, I think he's he's got to be somewhere near fifty percent from three or like forty-five. I mean, that's very impressive. I think I expect him to knock it down now when it's open. But you're right. I I think what differentiates him from Jamarco in that I mean, both of them we thought could be. Ex- factors. I think I realize now Jamarco more defensively, but Jamarco doesn't really like to attack from the perimeter in. He likes to get the ball at his spots and then make a move and either kick from the high post or off a drive uh, or just kind of swing the ball around if he's behind the three-point line, if he's not going to shoot it. Whereas Jagan is someone who's physical enough and quick enough to get by people off the dribble into the lane. And, you know, he'll get his shit swatted from time to time like he did yesterday against a, a Creighton uh, when Omer had that put back in the second half it was funny seeing the replay because I thought Jagan just missed it badly but he, he got classed mm-hmm. um, but he's, he's strong, he's athletic and he has I think shown a lot more in that aspect of his game than ever before uh, and he has such a big frame, you can, might as well use it right? Might as well um, and yeah, Jagan's shooting 48.6% from three. And for some reason, Fox Sports um, doesn't necessarily recognize him as the top three-point shooting percentage, maybe because he hasn't shot enough threes. But I think the key is when Jagan shoots, 
the odds of it going in are very, very high. Um, he's, <laughs> he, he's gotten to that point with me when Jagan puts up a three-pointer, I'm expecting it to go in. And that's what you want as a fan when it comes to uh, shot efficiency and expectation. I think you're right, though. Uh, and you even see through Jagan's social media posts, his pride is still with his defense. Obviously, his goal going into this season was Defensive Player of the Year for the Big East, which I think is very much attainable given what he's accomplished defensively this year. I think the only game where he really struggled was against Sadiq Bay, and that was just, I think, it was the game of Bay's life. He'll never have a game as good as that ever again. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you walk into an opponent's arena, and it just happens to be their day, and no matter what you're doing, it's just going down. We've seen Jagan shut down Miles Paolo. We've seen him completely clamp Mitch Ballack and Marcus Zagorowski for the large majority of the second half yeah. last night. Um, he played 40 minutes, too. Yeah. And Ewing said after the game, Mosley's by far the team's MVP. I would agree with that 100%. Everything that he's uh, asked to do, 100% I would agree. But I think there's a difference between most valuable player, and I've always been very adamant about this, especially in regards to the wording, because um, I know you're going to be like, I don't know, Mac, you know, I, I think Jagan is more valuable than Mac is. Mac will get his no matter what, but for us to truly be a contender, Jagan has to be on his game offensively every sing- and defensively every single night. What are your thoughts on that? That's, I think- I think that's a fair... I thought you were going to make the distinction between most valuable and most important. Because uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, if you take Mac off this team, we suck. No, we do. So it might be... It might I also... Be like I a, think you could say the same about Jacob. though. helps. I think, honestly, you, t- you take any one of the five starters off our team, we probably suck. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's definitely true. Um, Jagan, I mean, I'm not disregarding what he brings to the table. He's been absolutely gigantic for us. But I think just in terms of what he brings, it's great complimentary stuff. But we even see now he's not fully comfortable in uh, like a attacking all the time type of role. And if we had, like Max, the only person on the perimeter who can do that consistently, which is why it's so important for Jagan or Terrell to be a bit of a, safety valve in that regard when Mac isn't completely on his game like mm-hmm. even like we saw yesterday um, so I, I think I think everybody yeah everybody's really really important in different ways uh, I know you just said Mac's the only one who's really capable of you know creating off the dribble did you watch Javon Blair last night <laughs> did you watch my man one in and out move yeah. my man cook the Blue Jay perimeter D take it in both sides. He did it with the right, and he did it with the left. Talk about he ambidextrous. Missed the he missed the left-handed layup, though. All right, fine. Uh, I was fl- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was flipping between the uh, a little bit in the second half, the uh, Seton Hall-Butler game and this one, because I was really invested as to seeing Seton Hall win, because I told my buddy to throw 50 bucks on Seton Hall money line. So I was very proud of <laughs> myself for that. Uh, you're welcome, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I, I, let's 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 take a peek at the Villanova game right now yes. and just kind of look at what went wrong. Um, obviously, that was the Sadiq Bay game. Sadiq Bay, ten of fifteen from the field, eight for ten from three, three assists, thirty three points. There was a while in that first half, Carter, where 
like 28, 27 of their 31 points was from three. And I literally texted my our, our buddy Will and said, if they come out hot from three, we're going to get run out of the goddamn building. And we didn't yeah. at first. We didn't. We were able to hang around with them for a bit. And that was largely due to the massive game from Kudus Wahab. 13 points on 6-7 from the field, 4 rebounds, 2 blocks in only 15 minutes. Yeah, no turnovers either and no fouls. That's why he was able to stay on the court for so long. Um, so long yeah. for 15 minutes. <laughs> but that's probably the longest. Fouls. It wasn't fouls that took him out. No, and he uh, played good defense, moved his feet well. Uh, you got to give the kid a lot of respect because that was the best game he's probably played all year. Oh, 100%. Um, and we needed it. We, we definitely would have gotten run out of the gym if he didn't show up. But, yeah, I, I didn't get to watch. I only watched the second half. The second half for this. Uh, but watching the highlights, Bay, firstly, was hot out of his mind. But we did a good job on everybody else. Uh, we forced a lot of turnovers from their big players. Uh, I mean, Gillespie had two. Bay had three. Uh, Robinson Earl had four and four fouls. I mean, we got there. We got a lot of their bigs in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even though Omer only paid twenty five minutes, he was five and nine and had ten and seven. So our bigs and our size definitely, I think, help does control not only the pace of the game but a lot of the uh, a lot of the rebounding opportunities uh, and the blocks too. Surprisingly, there were uh, Villanova only had two blocks on us. This was a this was a really frustrating game. I was pretty ticked off after watching yeah. it, but I also walked away. Fifty two percent from three. My God. Yeah, it was a ridiculous performance. Everything about it, it 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 was absurd. It was unrealistic and not sustainable. And what I mean by that is, this is a team that we can get when they come to DC. That's the way I look at it. You know, the Big East, when you and I were talking about this a little bit, the Big East is so good this year where if you could get – it is so vital to defend home court. And Georgetown's 2-0 and at home and 0-3 and on the road. It tells you everything you need to know right there. And Georgetown is a good road team for the most part. Um, yeah. So any game that you win on the road is essentially stealing a win. Um, and so going into, obviously, Villanova's home court and – a place where they it is beyond difficult to beat Nova in Pennsylvania. Just ask Kansas, the former number one team. They lost by a couple of points. It, it is hard. It is not easy. And it takes a real veteran, tough team to go into a road environment. And that's what this Nova team is. They are veteran heavy. They are tough. They've really I taken on the uh, persona of Jay Wright. And listen, when you're led by a point guard like Han Gillespie, who's not going to make mistakes, who is very, very savvy, can score, and you got good wing players, not necessarily the best bigs, but I mean, Robinson Earl, tough defender, he'll score a little bit. Justin Moore is a good player. It was asking a lot for us to come in and win this game, especially considering that we know that Mac and Terrell were dealing with flu-like symptoms heading into the contest. So uh, you can look at it and, and be pissed off that the refereeing wasn't great in the second half. We kind of got screwed in a couple of calls, but in hindsight, listen, uh, it was one of the we had. A, we all knew starting the Big East was going to be tough this year, and I don't know. I'm okay with the way it turns out. I think things are going to be a little bit different when they come down to DC. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we both predicted three and two, right? Yes, as our 
Yeah, so I mean, take out Providence. Well, we right? also yeah, there. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, when we were thinking maybe four and one, if Powell would have been out, had uh in Seton oh, Hall, yeah. and you know he was a big reason why Seton Hall was able to maintain their lead over us in the second half. He, we we got close, yeah. we got within eleven, and Powell just did Miles Powell type of things. Do um, you? I agree. I think if you look, if you go back to Nova, if you look back on the game, and just kind of looked at it from a glance, you'd be like, all right, I'm okay with this. I think it was just a way that we lost that was frustrating. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were thoroughly outplayed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would agree. I, I would agree. And, and obviously, it's a lot easier for us to think this way considering we did get a huge win at home versus Creighton. Had we lost 83-80, to we'd be a lot more despondent today. But that's not the case. We came out, we won. And to be honest with you, Carter, I was watching that game. And in the first half, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, how in the name of Jesus Christ are we still in this? We just didn't yeah. look good for a large majority of the first half. We went um, we went through a stretch of 5 minutes and 45 seconds hitting zero field goals and turning the ball over five times. And we were only down by two. Yeah, I this game was <laughs> far uglier than I realized. I think I realized it a little bit in the second half, but it was a gross game. It wasn't good. Uh, you look at the score, like 83-80, to it was a high-scoring game. Obviously, that's what you would have expected with both of these teams coming into the game. Creighton was ranked 16th by Kempom in, offensive, in adjusted offensive efficiency. Georgetown was 24th heading into the game. So you would have expected fast pace, high-flying, lots of threes. But instead, we got lots of turnovers, a lack of a rhythmic pace. The feel of the game kind of just felt off. And everything about it didn't. Nothing really felt right. It, it, it Mac was struggling in the first half to really get going. Omer played very well in the first half. Was hitting the shots until he missed that damn dunk at the end of the first half. Um, I know that, that would have given Mac another assist too. It would have. Uh, it was a great. That was a great play by Mac. That was one of his best plays in that game. That pass was gnarly, and Georgetown got lucky. It led to an open Creighton three at the other end. Yeah. They got really lucky. So, yeah, Omer's got to figure out how to finish close at the rim. Yeah. It's just it's, it's just I, baffling. I he needs Boingvert, dude. What is that? Oh, you don't know Boing? Oh, you, you haven't watched enough YouTube basketball highlights. Uh, way back when, that was one of the vertical jump training programs that was always an ad before like you know who Dawkins is free Dawkins yes. on YouTube yes okay so it'd be like before his videos before house of highlights this is like in an age where ad blockers don't really exist so you can't get out of them uh, and I just remember seeing that so many times it'd be like the same dude jumping on this crazy uh, or doing this crazy box jump mm-hmm Hey, Hoya fans, we just wanted to take a second out of the episode here to talk to you about Anchor, the current podcasting host site that we're using. 
Anchor is a free mobile app that you can download to publicize your podcast. It, it distributes your podcast to the following platforms, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. It even allows you to make money without minimum listenership. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, I mean, it lets you record right from the app, too. It's completely free to use, uh, and it's everything you need to make a podcast. Our experience from it has been absolutely amazing thus far. So if you want to check it out, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay. So I'm saying, yeah, Omer, Omer, you just, oh my gosh. That's, he's, he's consistently missed dunks this year. Yeah, he has. And it's very, very frustrating, man. It really, really is. It's, but listen, I don't want to knock him too much because the man Not showed up in a big way. Although, although... It was against a team where the matchup significantly favored Omer. This was, oh, I agree. This was yeah. a, Creighton's not a big team. They are small. Their center, which they roll out, Christian Bishop's only six foot seven. Kelvin Jones stinks. He's 6'10", 230, though, and Omer's got about 35 pounds and two inches on him. And a lot of times, Creighton actually went small and went with Denzel Mahoney as their center, and he's about 6'7". Yeah. And that run he's, they had, he's they had thick, though. yeah, he's a thick boy. He, uh, I called him having a huge game because I've gambled on Creighton before, and that motherfucker, he would always chuck up like ten to twelve shots and hit like three instead of giving the ball to Zegarowski, Balak, or Tyshawn Alexander. Yeah, so he's he, way too much. Yeah, but he actually played well. Six to thirteen, hit three or four from deep, four boards, two assists, no turnovers, nineteen points. That was definitely his best game of the year. It's just that we did a tremendous job of shutting down Zegarowski, Alexander, and Balak. Zegarowski got his, but every single one of his mates yeah. was from three. So yeah, he's made, he I went over four with any... He only took four shots mm-hmm. yeah. inside the arc. Which shows that we did a really good job of keeping him in front, and I think a large a large amount of that has to do with... Uh, he really didn't do anything in the second half. He really... He, he didn't do much. I think he had nine points on a... Uh, he had two threes in the second. But Jagan primarily guarded him in the second half because Terrell and Mack were hampered with three fouls. And Zagorowski, of all people, would have taken advantage of that. He's their best player. So Jagan, playing 40 minutes, guarding Balak in the first half. Alexander and Zagorowski spent time on all three. It's pretty remarkable. And Jamarco Pickett, you got to give him a shout-out. 38 minutes. Didn't have his best game especially shooting-wise, over 4 from deep, only 3 of 10 from the field. But the man fought his ass off all game and played mm-hmm. really, really well. Primarily, a tough turnaround, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Listen. To really stem the tide. Yeah, and I thought the game turned a little bit in the second half when Jagan asserted himself on the offensive end. Javon was making plays off the dribble, shooting his threes, you know, doing his thing. And we were able to close that game out. When we went up 9, I texted you, that run was huge, and then Alexander and Balak cut it to one literally within a blink of an eye. I thought for sure we were going to lose. For sure. Yeah. And the, uh, we I just made plays. Yeah, I was thinking about the sequence of events. We were up by one. It was 70 to 69. Jagan and Mac. Mac hit the first one. Mac hit a tough floater rolling into oh, the rim. Yeah. yeah, and then Jagan hit one right after. To push us up five. Then naturally, that bastard Balak hit another three-pointer. The only two shots he made all game came at the very end, which put the yeah. fear of God into us because that guy's a lights-out shooter. So we're cut to two again, and then Jagan 
did a little pick and pop with Omer. It was beautiful. Oh, that was such a nice pocket pass. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mahoney got an offensive rebound put back in. We're only up two. And then on a bit of a helter-skelter possession, Mack just made uh, took lemons and made lemonade and had a really, really nice uh, move that led to a baseline jumper to essentially put the dagger in. And we walked away with a win. Yeah, that was a that was a pro move, dude. He went because he, he got the guy. He did like a he was off the ball and did kind of a jab step to get Balik away. Then got him with a pump fake, came through, went into a pro hop, straight into a fadeaway over a big. Yeah, um, he looked good. It was a good move, and his performance seven of fourteen didn't shoot well from three. He only hit one of four. Uh, five boards. He would, Mac did five not assists. get some calls, dude. Yeah, he turned the ball over six times as well. Nineteen points. The thing is, yeah, it was it was frustrating was, some of the calls that he didn't get. But all things considered, this was a tremendous performance from him. Given that he and Terrell, who also scored ten points, five assists, were each ill heading into the game. Yeah, this was our flu game. Our flu game, and then we needed it most from those two guys. They stepped up to the yeah. plate and really freaking delivered for us. And now we're finding ourselves at fifth place in the Big East, which is pretty fucking remarkable considering how poorly we started out <laughs> conference play. I know. I know. I was just one more note on Creighton. I was impressed by our efficiency. Like Creighton shot 41% from three, and they missed a lot of open looks. So I think some luck was involved in this game. Balak, like you said, Played 38 minutes, but definitely didn't look like himself. No, he was he was dealing uh, with hip tightness. Um, yeah. He was getting worked on constantly whenever he was on the bench. Um, he was holding his lower back. Something wasn't right there. And Balak, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's primarily known as a 3 and D guy. He shoots the absolute lights out of the ball when he's open, and he gets a lot of open looks because Alexander and Zagorowski are so good at attacking the rim and forcing the defense to collapse upon itself. The creation factor, man, that's what makes Creighton so dangerous. And if they can yeah. start getting this type of production from Mahoney night in and night out, this team is going to be so freaking hard to beat. I know, I know. I, I'm curious because we both thought Creighton would get us twice, but who do we think it is now? Um, I don't know, man. See, I definitely thought Creighton would just because they've had our number. Um you know that's another reason why this win felt so good it did uh i think something first it was now he's beaten every single biggest team it's not a single one that he hasn't beaten yet which is great i don't think nova i think we're gonna beat nova i still maintain that we're gonna sweep st john's listen i think it's very i think it's very possible seton hall beats us at capital one arena um that's just more of a credit to them being really freaking good than us not necessarily performing well. I think we have a shot at beating them because we actually will play them before Mamu comes back. Um, but Ro- John Rothstein actually made a really interesting point on Twitter today. For the next three games of for Seton Hall, they're at St. John's versus Providence versus DePaul versus Xavier. So actually the next four games... They're all within the New York, New Jersey area. So they're not traveling at all until they come down to play us. We very well could be 
looking at an undefeated Seton Hall team heading into D.C., and that would honestly probably be one of the best things possible for a Georgetown team and a really good opportunity to stun the world and upset them then because if Seton Hall doesn't lose until then, they're going to be a top-10 team, 100%. Yeah, yeah, they're 11th on Ken Palm right now, and they've, I've been really impressed by them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know if it was. I had if I had to pick, I think it'd be one of them or Butler. I would agree, one hundred percent. Butler is also the real freaking deal. Yeah, I think it's just whoever at, at home because we're not beating Butler on the road, and I think between one of those two games, we don't show up at home. So, eh. you got to give Laval Jordan a ton, of tr- a ton of credit at Butler too, and he's really developed some of his homegrown players really well. Like Sean McDermott, like he was a three-point shooter last year. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. he's a great all-around player now. He's a fantastic defender, can take defender, can take players off the dribble. He's really turned into the real deal. So he, he deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, not, it was hard for us to legitimately look at Butler and be like, this team wasn't fucking good last year. Yeah. And yeah. imagine them as a legit Final Four team. But here we are, dude. They are really freaking good. I know. I don't think they win the Big East, but... I don't think so either. I, we'll see. Yeah, but... All right. We're fifth place, and I agree. I, I think some of the... I think... I, uh, getting back to your point about Creighton, some of it had to do with luck last year. I mean, last night, 100%. Um, Zegarowski missed a couple of good open looks, as did, as did Balak. Uh, Alexander, too. Yeah. Listen, when we go to Omaha, I think we get wiped, but... We don't need to focus on that right now. We don't go to Omaha until way down the line, the second to last game in Biggie's play on March 4th, so let's not even worry yeah. about that as of right now. I don't now. even know if we'll have seven healthy players by then, so Dude, let's, yeah. let's just go game by game. We might need to bump in Jaden Robinson in the starting lineup. Who the hell knows? <laughs> we'll talk about spicy. Don't scare me like that. Yeah, so, okay. Now, I made a point in this when I was writing my uh, recap last night for the towel. When you look at Georgetown's next three games, this Saturday home versus Marquette, also two and three, has looked very good at home, but on the road, not so much. At Xavier, a Xavier team that has been reeling, Carter. I mean, it has not been good. Uh, Versus Butler at home and then at St. John's. Those are the next four. I think three of those. You got to get. I, I think. So you're even even in the Butler game. You think? No, I'm. I I, I you got to remember. St. John's was the team I picked for us to get twice. Um. So listen, I think beating them on the road is going to be a hard task because I actually I like that St. John's team. I think they're really freaking tough. I think they're going to want to give it to us after that performance in DC. So I think it's going to be a really hard game, but. I think that just makes this Saturday's game at home versus Marquette so freaking important. It's not even funny. We, it, I think it's a must win. Well, yeah, I don't like throwing around the word must win as much as you do, obviously. You got, you got that broadcaster lingo. But mm-hmm. I do think it's really important uh, because Marquette is in that bubble of teams that is solidly in the second tier of the Big East. And I think, realistically, that's where we want to end up. 
Well, if we end up in the second tier of the Big East, we are absolutely a lock for the NCAA tournament. So I would agree. Uh, I agree. I agree. That's why I picked us at six. You know, I had us in the like five, six, seven with Marquette and Xavier. And Xavier's underperformed, kind of like I called. I still think we get them twice. Marquette's overperformed in my expectation. Um, Creighton's underperformed a little bit, but I think they'll figure their stuff out eventually. But you're right. Uh, Marquette's a team that we should beat at least once, hopefully twice, because I don't know who will get twice um, outside of Xavier. And the more teams that we get twice, we can afford a bad game against a good team or even a, a clunker. Because we, I mean, we had our clunker against Providence, but we're definitely due for another clunker when everybody's healthy. Don't worry. We still have to travel to Hinkle. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that, that was against a good team, though. I'm saying, like, DePaul at home. Oh, dude, we're losing one to DePaul, like, 100%. Um, it's yeah. just it's right in the books. We are absolutely uh, losing one to DePaul. Um, <laughs> I, 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 if we don't, lose one to DePaul. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope we could, because we already fucked up against Providence, so if we could take care of business against St. John's and DePaul, that would really make me feel good. And Xavier, too. I think we are solidly better than those teams and Providence. But, so that would, I mean, that would put us at what, sixth right there, right? If that's, yeah, four teams. So, I'm still feeling relatively level-headed with, I think the momentum for this could hurt us, honestly, because we're always a team that's better when our back is against the wall, but I also think that Marquette's a good matchup for us, because we have a lot of bodies, we can throw at Marcus Howard. Sure, he loves to shoot, so putting someone physical on him won't really matter that much when he can step back and launch at 30 feet, but I think they don't have a consistent second option. And if we just load the box on him with Terrell and Jagan and even Javon in short bursts and hold him to under 25, I think we'll win fairly comfortably unless someone else lights us up. I think the key is ensuring that Brendan Bailey and Sakar Annam don't go off. If you hold those two to under 10, you're going to win this game. And I think I'm fairly confident in that. I don't think... Listen, Marcus Howard is really freaking good. He's having a great conference. Uh, he's ha- he's playing great in conference play, but he's not the type of player who is going to come into DC and single-handedly beat us. He needs something from either Bailey or Anum, because they tend to be his sidekicks to really come into Georgetown and probably upset it. We're upset us. We're gonna be the favorite in this game. So. Yeah, I agree. And listen, Marcus Howard is the type of guy who he's not a good defender. Whoever has no. whoever he is guarding, I cooked him last year. Yeah, I, when we were at home. Mm-hmm. We I, yes, I remember that was the Akinjo game where James blew off Ewing. Yep. Oh God, what? Yeah, Mac hit Mac hit three threes on his first three possessions because he just rose up and shot over Howard. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they're gonna put Howard because if you put him on Terrell Allen, Allen's just gonna completely flip the defense and put it on its heels and it's going to oh, be yeah. huge for like a value standpoint from Georgetown there's going to be so much shot creation from uh, Allen's dribble penetration so in uh, Howard's a worse defender than Mac is uh so we'll see oh, yeah. he's, he's he's worse I know I told you this but I really think Mac is a better NBA prospect than him 
and Miles Powell. I don't know about Powell. I think Powell is really fucking nasty. But uh, I think Mac has the potential to be a better one because he's more athletic. Uh, but Powell, after watching him back, dude, he is such a good passer. He is such a good passer. My goodness. Um, but that's besides the point. I'm coming out and I say we're going to win. I think we're going to get our first winning streak in Big East play. I think we're going to get to 500 in this game. I think Marquette's a good matchup for us, especially at home. I think we're going to move to 3-0 at home. And I, uh, I'm i pretty confident in that. What do you think? Same with me. Same with me. I, I think... For some reason, we're playing well at home this year, which never happens. And I can't really give a lot of credit to the students. They deserve no credit. Yeah. <laughs> None. Why do you say that? Well, listen, I, as a former student who um, I essentially attended probably over 95% of the home Georgetown basketball games while students were on campus during my uh, four years at Georgetown because I was doing the play-by-play for all the games. I think there were probably seven games where I could say the students came out and legitimately had an effect. And, it, uh, you know, most of them were in conference play. Last night, no way in hell. I mean, you said it was different being there because the students showed up, but, like, nobody else did. Uh, but you really couldn't hear anything on this TV screen. I thought Capital One was essentially empty. Yeah, it, it felt pretty empty. Student section was was wild, though. Yeah, I also don't. I, I generally don't. I generally don't think our students are that wild, too. You know, I've been at games oh, as a yeah. fan. You know, I always preferred to be broadcasting them because I felt like I got more into the game. Uh, I'm also the type of person if I'm not working at a game, I want to be standing all the time. And I know a lot of people aren't like that. Uh, you know, I just get fucking in the zone when I watch sports sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, when I'm watching the Jets, man, oh my god, dude, I don't ever sit when I watch the Jets. I'm always pacing, because, you know, usually they want me to, usually they make me want to jump off the deck, (laughs) but uh, it's like a weird side (laughs) tangent. I'm crazy, Uh, but at least we're in, we're each in. They know, Dan, Dan, they know, don't worry. (laughs) Dude, yeah, facts. Um, I was actually fairly calm for the game last night. I was at a really weird, even keel, because I was just. I guess because I really wasn't optimistic for the first time watching Georgetown um, this year. I was even more optimistic going into Nova than I was last night. I was like, Nova's, I think we have a decent matchup against them. We have the size advantage. I really thought we could have gotten them had Sadiq Bey not just, as you said, gone full PG-13 mode and lit us the holy hell up from three. But, uh, yeah, so I think we're each in agreement right now that we're going to get Marquette and... You think we're going to get Xavier, even though it's at the Sintas House, Sintas yes, Center. I do. Um, we lost there last year. We had a big lead, and then we gave up. And we had an absolute epic second half. Oh, collapse. I remember. Oh, fuck that game, dude. They pressed. We couldn't break a press. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be an issue this year. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they're going to press us, and we're going to have difficulty breaking it. I think that's one of the. I think that probably is the least of our worries. Um,. My big worry with that game is Xavier has a lot of size. Tyreek Jones is really talented. And Omer has yet to prove that he has the capability of playing against someone who's close to his physica- physical, his physique. That's, yeah, that, that's definitely true. That's probably my only concern about this game. Add, add in the fact that it's on the road. 
and that we have really struggled on the road in Big East play. Those are my two main concerns heading into this game. Xavier doesn't shoot the ball well, as you said in one of our previous podcasts. I think um, Pickett, can, Pickett and Mosley could potentially match up on Najee Marshall well. Uh, I think Paul Scruggs is probably going to have a good game against us. Um, I don't think Quentin Gooden's any good. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, trust me. I, I think Xavier's really overrated. They have no shooting. They have bigs that are big, but not skilled enough to be able to run an offense through them. And frankly, I think we're more talented. So short of something miraculous, I think we win that pretty comfortably. I don't think we win it comfortably. I think we're very capable of winning, but you know what? Let's go with, I'm going to say we're going to win. We're going to be optimistic today. I say we win oh, too. Oh, okay. Um, I was, both. But the thing is, Carter, the thing that scares me is this Xavier team, they're 1-4, and four, they're in the basement of the Big East. They had a lot yeah, of high expectations yeah. heading into this year. Their next game is against us. They have a full six days off. Week, wow. So I think we're going to face a really, really freaking desperate Xavier team. They're going to come out and they're going to give us... They got- Everything. Yeah, a rested desperate team. Recently. Yeah, they got absolutely walloped by Marquette. Granted, it was at Marquette. They're on a three-game losing streak. They haven't really looked good at all in Big East play. They've lost three straight games in double digits. Two of yeah, which were at they, home. I mean, they, they hung with Nova but and barely beat St. John's. But listen, Carter, I think you're right. I think, as we said earlier in this pod... Every single, if you can steal a road game in the Big East, it's monumental. Seton Hall and Creighton have already done that to the Xavier team pretty comfortably. If we are as good as we think we can be, a second-tier Big East team, we really got to come in and prove it by beating these guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it would be a statement win. I think every game outside of against St. John's, DePaul, and Providence – our statement games. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild that that's the case. It really shows you how yeah, good the Big East is. I think, well, as of now, too, because I, I, I guarantee you, fast forward a month, some team's gonna fall off. Like I think Butler is gonna fall off personally, and then some other team's gonna come out of nowhere. Like who, who knows? Fucking Providence could still be third a month from now. See, right? dude, I, you and I disagree on Butler. Butler has really freaking impressed me. I've watched a couple of their games. I think Butler's the real deal. I think they're a top-two team in this conference. I think they're better than Nova. I don't think they're as good as Seton Hall, especially since Seton Hall's Mamu coming back. It'll be interesting, though. I don't know how the hell we're going to score on that team when we play them, but <laughs> I think Kamar Baldwin's gotten a lot better, too. He did a great job like clamping Powell towards the end of the game, and Powell used himself as a bit of a decoy to spring his teammates down the, down the end to help Seton Hall win. If you had to pick uh, the one team as of right now that you think is going to win the Big East, who would it be? I'd pick Seton Hall. Yeah, I would too. Um, I think Creighton still has an outside shot. I and do too. They've, they're worse than their record. Like I would take, I don't know if I would take Creighton over Nova, but I would definitely take Creighton over Butler and uh, yeah, maybe Nova. But like if, Creighton, if they get hot, I think like in the tournament could make a run. But... I think Seton Hall is the best team in the conference. What about you? I do, too. I think Seton Hall is the best. I think they're a legitimate Final Four team. I think they're 
you know, Kevin Willard's always struggled in the tournament, but I think this is going to be a big breakout year for him. I think Butler's going to have a big breakout tournament run. I don't think Nova's that good. I think Nova's going to be an early exit from the tournament as well. Um, Again, Creighton's a team. I think the key for Creighton is how is Marcus Zagorowski going to keep up his efficiency now that teams know he is their number one guy and they're really keying in on him and you can see that he's kind of struggling. Nova kind of... He's not a big guy, man. Like, no, he's I, not. I saw him walk into the tunnel uh, with the whole Creighton team. He is small. Like, 6'2 is obviously generous. about 6'1. But he... Mac, even Mac probably has about 10 pounds on him. That's pretty bad. So, yeah, I think for Creighton... And they're to the be same su- height. Yeah, for Creighton to be successful, they need Zagorowski to figure it out. I think if... Martin Krompel, remember that big European guy they had last oh, year? Yeah. Had he stayed, I think Creighton would have been the best team in the Big East. Yeah, that guy was good. He was good. Where'd he he, go? he went. He, he declared to the NBA. I don't know where he actually ended up though. Um, and he's probably playing. I mean, he was like European, right? So he probably playing in Europe. Well, the first thing that came up is well, yeah, he's a Slovenian professional basketball player. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that name. Um, <laughs> not even a prayer. Oh, Serevita Olimpija. Yeah, yeah, n- no prayer. Uh, good job. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that that was close. Uh, listen, I yeah, think Creighton's... Oh, oh, he was, he, was he a senior or a junior last year? I thought he was a junior. Um, I'm not entirely certain, though. He, he only played seven games his freshman year, so he might have... Had an extra year of eligibility. Been a senior. I maybe, think, yeah. see, I remember getting the notification that he had declared and being like, thank God freaking god that we don't need to deal with this guy next year um yeah he could shoot threes yeah he was a good player he was by far their best last year i thought um yeah he was a junior yeah so had they had he stayed Man. i think they would be right up there with seton hall Damn. And, uh, oh my god yeah you're Butler. right jesus yeah he cooked us i remember we beat nova at home we had a bunch of expectations and we just got waxed by Creighton in Omaha. He gave Jesse the work. Dude, yeah, I, that game was bad. That game was really bad. <laughs> like, it was not How good. Are you, are you still confident in your fourth place prediction? Fourth place? I mean, as of right now? Yeah. I think it's and very it's much... funny, we're splitting the difference, because I said sixth, you said fourth, and here we are in fifth. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I am confident for one reason. Providence is 4-1 and one in playing way above what they should be, in my opinion. I think we're going to see a bit of a fall-off from them. And I think between us, Providence, Creighton, and Marquette, fourth place is anybody's game as of right now. Listen, I don't think fourth and fifth, I don't think there's a huge difference between the two because both teams are going to get into the tournament. And regardless of it, they get matched up with one another in the Big East tournament and probably have to play number one after the winner moves yeah. on. Because unless somebody comes in and stuns like a Villanova or a Providence or a Butler at the three spot or a Seton Hall, although I don't think see I think Seton Hall's gonna win the regular season. Um I think they're gonna come in yeah, first in the regular season. Yeah. Considering I think they're gonna be like seven and or eight or no when they head into DC to play us, which is ideally best case scenario for us since we it'd be a huge statement game for us. We'll see, though. I, I, I am very excited about what this conference has in store. I think everybody recognizes that it's the best conference in the country, which is huge for our tournament hopes. Uh, I, think the oh, yeah. big, I think the Big 12 is really good, too. I also think the Big 10 is really deep. Yeah. Um, I think there's just a lot of parity in college basketball this year, which is great for the sport. I think the tournament's going to be absolutely bonkers. 
I think Seton Hall is really freaking good, but are they susceptible to an upset? Absolutely. I think any team is. Um, but I think yeah, Seton, there's no dominant force this year. Dude, yeah. One thing that makes me think Seton Hall is really freaking good, though, is Quincy McKnight has been awesome. Absolutely yeah. He had like awesome. 13 assists yesterday or something. Dude, yeah, he's been he's really elevated his game since uh, Powell went out, and people forget that Mamu Kalishvili was he, he was their second best player this year, and he's not even playing in their five and zero, and they beat the best team in the Big East and Butler, the fifth team in the country. When yeah. he comes back, dude, this team is gonna be a wagon. They are gonna be like they might be, <laughs> dude. Dude, Miles Powell is literally like, dude, yeah. Miles Powell is the closest thing to the Grim Reaper that I have seen in college basketball in the past couple of years. That guy is a killer. <laughs> oh, heck. <laughs> dude, Seton Hall's thick, dude. Don't mess. Oh, don't mess with the Pirates. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. It's fun. I, I do think I think sixth place will get us into the tournament. Too, I do though. too. If we match what we did last year, considering the elevation in talent and the uh, competitiveness of the conference, it'll definitely get us in. Um, every little win counts towards a better spot in the big dance, though. And we just got to take care of business in games that we should, which means defending home court. Home court. We can't lose any games that we. Whenever we are favored at home, I really think we need to pull it out. Um, yeah, we were favored yesterday. Surprisingly, dude, I couldn't believe we were favored. I thought we were favored by like one Carter. We were favored by three and a half. We didn't cover because of that BS like half court shot by Zagorowski at the end. Oh, that's it. oh my God, yes! Did you see the barstool video? About yeah, it? dude, my dude Marty Mush. He was the guy who actually uh, inspired me to start gambling. So credit to him. You've lost me about three hundred dollars. You're an asshole. <laughs> uh, but I love that guy's videos. He's uh, he's really funny. He always gets screwed in college basketball. Hopefully you don't gamble on any Hoya games going forward. I, I literally, Lord knows. Yeah, Cromartie sent me that, and I texted him back. I was like, that's what he gets for betting on Georgetown. Like, hey, that's rule yeah. number one. You never bet on Georgetown. Well, I was going to say, too, now that we expect us to start winning, we'll go in and lose to Marquette. Oh, dude, it'll be, it'd be the most classic us thing of all time. Yeah. It'd be yeah. really frustrating, but it could happen. Who knows? The Big East is wildly yeah. unpredictable this year, and that's what makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, man, we'll keep shooting our shots, prediction-wise. Goddamn right, baby. We're See the J.R. Smith for podcasts. <laughs> you want the pipe? Oh, baby, yeah. Never seen a shot that we didn't like. You already know. Oh, yeah. But with that, uh, any, more, any, any last thoughts, or are you good? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'll just try to keep my clothes on from now on yeah dude i mean who knows maybe uh if we if we win on saturday it's gonna be tough though because now it will actually be streaking dude yeah the cheeks will be out (laughs) (laughs) i've been squatting a fair amount dude yeah seton hall and carter owen the thickest in the big east (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god we have too much fun doing this dude carter the wagon owen Nobody okay. circle the wagons right, like Carter right, no, Owen. I'm about to hang up. <laughs> all right. Check it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll check in later, folks. Uh, thanks a ton for listening. If you like the episode, definitely feel free to uh, subscribe, like, give us five reviews, anything. Hit me up. My Twitter, at the Baldwin Era. Hit me up on Facebook. I don't care. Stalk me. Whatever. Go full you, yeah. Joe, Gold, Joe Goldberg on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, please. We really we love the support. 
um, all the people still listening to us. Hopefully you get as much enjoyment out of this as we do from doing it. And we'll be here. Yeah, we're always here. We're always watching. We're always analyzing for better or worse. Um, but with that, yeah, we'll check in with you guys next time. We can be, we are, we are very, very grateful. And see you on the swing around. Hoya Saxa. Hoya Saxa.